0: The Lord's good. I said the Lord's good, and his mercy endures forever. If you have your Bible, turn over to Joshua chapter 3. As you're turning there, I want to thank those who served uh, the St. Augustine Beach Police. So if you sowed food, if you helped prepare it, if you helped package it, or if you went to the police department yesterday to serve it, would you stand up, please? Come on, would you stand up? Amen. Thank you so much for that. Now, the rest of you, I trust that you were praying yesterday at 4 p.m. when we went there. And um, I went and met with the chief of police, and he was very grateful uh, that we once again demonstrated uh, our honoring of those that are in authority. Again, they expressed that it's tough these days. A lot of things are going on. In fact, there was an officer that fell, and... um, Went on a particular call actually to de- determine did someone shoot someone's cat, and they got shot in the head. And they died. So, you know, so here's the chief say, talking to his, his team. He's got to remind them why we do what we do and why we keep coming. Because you understand when you have that kind of threat every time you show up, uh, that can get in your head. Are you with me? So we need to pray Over a cat. Guys. Now, the Bible tells us that there will be in the end times lawlessness. All right? So, these things aren't um, unusual, um, but it, it costs people's lives. All right? So, lawlessness will abound, so we need to pray. God places people in authority. And again, if you have a problem with authority, then you actually have a problem with God. Because the word Lord... Jesus Christ is? Jesus Christ is? That is not a religious word that literally means supreme in authority. So, if you have a hard time submitting to Jesus' authority, then you're going to have a hard time being in the kingdom of God. In fact, you won't be in it at all, all right? We do not have a relationship with Jesus just because we want to avoid hell. That's not why we're born again, because we want to avoid hell. We want to avoid going to prison for everything we've done wrong. So we'll take Jesus' blood, cover ourselves with it, but still do everything we've done on the earth and say, remember when I prayed that prayer so your blood would cover me so I wouldn't go to hell? That's not what brings you in the kingdom of God. It's a submitted life where you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You follow his teachings because his teachings are life. Peter said, where are we going to go? You have words of life. You understand? And, and it's, you know, that's not so crazy because think about it. Everyone in this room typically is following somebody based upon what they said. You know? Well, I don't believe that Jesus stuff. Well, then who do you believe? Because you're believing based upon someone's word. And what's the credibility of that source? And how long have they been around? Because Jesus has been around forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said he's been around forever. So we have the most reliable source. We have God himself. So again, we appreciate you coming and being a part of that. Um, we had a great time with them. In fact, uh, the, um, the, the chief of police had given the mugs out to those, and then he gave me a coin. And he said, I'm an ex-military. He says, you know, we're about coins. And he, so he gave it to me, and he would give it in a handshake. And he says, um, I'll take that since you're out there. I won't leave you hanging, okay? <laughs> so he puts it in the palm of his hand and it's a transfer through a handshake. He He said, now, when President Trump was here, he didn't know that and I had to teach him, Uh right? So that tells me I have the same coin that the president has. That's That's what I'm saying. Okay, all right. Are you over in Joshua? I said, are you over in Joshua? Amen, so good. I mean, I can just run up and down these aisles and get all of you. So if I see you sleeping, I'm coming by. All right, you may not see me because it's dark here. Can you see me? I should have worn a brighter shirt or something, maybe yellow. Okay, Joshua chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. I'm going to read out of the complete uh, standard Bible, okay? Uh, I think that's what that translation is, the CSB. But um, it reads like this But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between yourselves and the ark. Don't go near it so that you can see the way to go, for you haven't traveled this way before. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow, all right? Now, I know Pastor Mike recently ministered on, you know, consecrate yourself while Pastor Marcy and I was way in Vancouver, and I'm thankful for these messages that God begins to prepare things, all right? And so tonight, I, what I want to do is I just want to talk to you. Um, I'm going to minister from the Word, okay? But it's in context to our house specifically, So again, if you are a first-time guest, you're coming in on something that we've been striving and walking in and moving towards, and, and it's an expression that comes with the household of God, with those that are in the body of Christ, that they go from faith to faith, glory to glory. That as you come into the kingdom of God as a new believer by confessing that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that he rose from the dead and that his blood was enough for the payment of our disobedience to God, when we do that and make him Lord of our lives, we become a new creature in Christ. The old pass away, behold, all things become new in the spirit. Problem is we still got a messed up mind when we get born again. Good news is God comes and lives on the inside of us. He bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God and he begins to instruct us. And he begins to change our thinking as we yield to it. If we don't yield to it, we'll stay carnal, as we talked about on Sunday. But God doesn't want us to stay carnal. God wants us to grow in the things of God and be all that God's called us to be. As I said on Sunday at different times, you know, um, when there's a baby, and there's a baby in the house right now. Hudson, Earl James is in the house right now, okay? Everything in Hudson, Earl James, everything in him is there, But he's not talking today. He's not walking today. He's not feeding himself today. But it's in him. And as as his parents continue to train him, then those things that are there will come out. If they don't, if they left him alone, he won't make it. He won't make it. God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said he didn't leave you as an orphan, which means he has taken responsibility for your new life in him, but you have to yield to his training. Yes. Amen. You know how many of you had little toddlers, right? You put down some sweet peas, you know, this the sweet peas all messed up in there, and you go to feed them, and they're like, right? You're like, but it's good for you. Right? Have you tasted it? That's not the point. It's that the this it's good for you. So it may not taste great, and sometimes the word don't feel good to your flesh, but it's good for you. Yeah. And so what do you do? You try to make it more palatable. All right, here, here it comes. Right? You got to get, boom, and you throw it in their mouth. Here comes the plane, right? Because you're trying to get something in them that's going to make them stronger hallelujah so we ourselves have to continue to grow and become stronger so we as a church being here for 14 years now in st. Augustine you know God has grown us continues to grow us and every time we grow then he has expressions that he does with his body amen and he has waves that he does with his spirit hallelujah I said hallelujah So tonight, I want us to look at this passage of Scripture. I'm going to break it down just a little bit for us because, man, God's taken us somewhere great. Do you believe that? Amen. Aren't you you ready to come out of the wilderness? I said, aren't you ready to come out of the wilderness? Maybe you've been walking around something for a very long time thinking, when are we going to get there? I'm telling you, we are at that moment where now is time I said, now it's time to come out of the dry place into the place flowing with milk and honey. And God's the one who's provided it. You didn't do anything for the milk and honey. God always provided that for you. In the wilderness, he trains you. And what's he doing in the training? To obey him at his word. That's the only reason why we get out in a dry place is so that we'll learn that man shall not live on bread alone, but out out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And when you get that, then he'll usher you into your promised land. And we're at this place that Joshua has at at this moment where it's time to leave the dry place and it's time to get over into the land flowing with milk and honey. Now, when you get into the land flowing with milk and honey, that does not mean that there's not going to be challenges. But that's okay. God is with you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's in you. He's upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I believe God has taken us. We, there's just seasons of ministry, and we're on this thing, man, this verse that we're moving into an overflow of something great. But in this, here's Joshua. He's standing before the people. Moses, God's servant, is dead. He's no longer there, and Joshua is the one who's going to take the people into the promised land. But before they can cross over the Jordan... The Lord says to them, keep a distance. What that means is it's a vision of something within sight, but not yet upon. So you got to keep a distance. I see it. I can't. It's there. I got to keep my distance because what it's fixing to do, I need to make sure I see it. Are you with me? I need to make sure I see it. I'm telling you today, you need to prepare your hearts to be able to see the Spirit. You need to prepare your heart and say to yourself, you know what, I'm gonna be in a position, I'm gonna keep my distance, I'm gonna be in a posture where I can see what the glory of God's doing. Are you with me? The next phrase he says is, keep your distance between yourselves and the ark. Well, what's the ark represent? Because yourself is you. That's you, right? Well, the ark represents the presence and glory of God. The anointing. Are you with me? So he's saying, now listen, Keep your sight towards the anointing and the presence of God. Keep your eyes focused on the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Because you understand if your eyes are not focused... On the Spirit of God, then you're not going where God's going. What did Moses say? The Spirit of God manifested while they were in the wilderness in a pillar of fly, uh, cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And, and the glory would rest upon the tent and settle there. And then when the glory left the tent, then they would follow it wherever it goes. they break the tent down and they begin to go. And I remember Moses had a conversation with uh, God the Father, and he said, Father, listen, if you don't go with us, We're not going. Amen. And if we don't watch out too often, we will see something besides the move of the Spirit. We'll start looking for our own direction, and we'll start heading out into a place that the presence of God's not going. And what he has to tell, he's telling them, he says, now listen, you had the presence of God in a pillar of uh, cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, but he's changing the way you see him. God manifested himself in that dry place where he allowed things that they had to not wear out. It had like long life. He put up with so much rebellion for the sake of another generation. But as that generation rose up, and the other one died out, and he said, now it's time to do a new thing with them. And he said this, I provided manna for you. I brought it to you. I took care of that for you. But I fixed to take you into a place that you take the authority and go get the stuff. When they went into the promised land, no longer, the minute they ate the fruit of the promised land, manna quit manifesting. Manna was the manifest presence of God's provision, yeah. but in the new place, he did something different. Are you with me? So we've got to keep this vision of the Spirit of God, make sure that we're keeping a distance where we can clearly see, have our hearts in a position where we're saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm at a place that I am looking to you. I'm looking to your presence and to your anointing. The next thing it says, don't go near it, talking about the presence of God, meaning stay in a place where you can clearly see its direction. Clearly stay in a place where you can clearly see its direction that means don't anticipate but expectantly wait Because what happens is a lot of us, maybe you're a first-time guest and you've not been in what they call a full gospel church or what they call a church that flows in the Spirit of God or by the Spirit of God. You know, maybe you're just used to someone being a lecturer from the Word, give you some things that you need to do in life, and you take it as you can and walk out the door. But you know what? God had another life intended for his children. That is to be anointed by the Spirit of God with power. And in that power, they would do the works of Jesus. The same works he did. And what works did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He cast out devils. He raised the dead. Are you with me? He walked by faith. He caused his faith to materialize. He spoke to to storms. He spoke to plants. Everything listened to the voice of God. And he said, the works I do, even greater works will you do because I go to dad and I'm going to send him and put him on all of you. So it won't just be one of me doing this. All of you will be able to do it hallelujah Because our God is not some idol where the hands can't move the eyes can't see the ears can't hear the mouth Can't speak the nose can't smell the feet can't walk. No. He's alive He's alive Woo, He's alive are you with me? So this means don't approach in your thinking What happens is when He said don't go near he's saying don't think that you know what God's doing there because he's fixing to do something Maybe you've not seen and you've got to be sensitive to say, okay, where's he moving? The presence of God, what's he going to do in me that's different than what he's ever done before? Amen. You've got to be able to expectantly wait but not anticipate thinking, oh, yeah, I've been here. I'm going to go. And you may step out on a way God used to move, but he ain't moving that way there. Are you with me? Oh, man, the worship's going good. You know, I sense I might. You better Wait. And make sure that's what the Spirit's doing. Are you with me? Why? Because the next phrase we see here is, you haven't traveled this way before. That means God is ready to use you in a way you've never been used before. God is ready to use you in a way you've never been used before. In fact, you've thought about being used that way. You haven't been used that way. And now all of a sudden, God wants to use you that way. Or maybe you were used that way a little bit, and he says, I'm going to turn it up and use it that way more. Hallelujah. I've never laid hands on somebody in publics before, but it just seems like the Holy Ghost is saying. You hear what I'm saying? Man, when we we're in a church, I've prayed for people, and you know, we prayed over people, and when people came down to the altar, you know, I worked that area ministry and I was praying, I've seen the anointing in my life and being able to speak over them. But all of a sudden, here I am in the fast checkout line and in, in Walmart and the person beside me, I've got something happening. On. Something on the inside's telling me what's going on in their life and wants me to turn, and he's never used me that way before. Hallelujah. He's doing something. So he's taken us by the Spirit in a way maybe you haven't been used that way, didn't think he would want to use you that way, but let me tell you this. God moves on his people as he wills for one purpose, to bring edification within the body and to show the world that God loves them and needs them to change, that they can't come to him that way. Are you with me? Have you ever been used where maybe you stood at somebody and says, if you don't turn and get your life right, you will die and go to hell? You say, whoa, that's bold, Pastor. You know what? Sometimes boldness like that's necessary for certain individuals. Jesus walked up and said, you brought a vipers. You got to be There's nothing Jesus did outside the Spirit. Because Jesus was walking in the Spirit on everything. He had the Spirit without measure. And everything he did, he did led by the Spirit. Are you with me? And the same Jesus changed you and put that Spirit in you and put him upon you so that you can talk in the language of the kingdom of God, but not just the language. It's the power you receive that caused the language to come out. You need to focus on the power more than just the language alone. Too often, what we do is we focus on the language, but we're not. When, when Jesus said, He said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you're going to speak in another tongue. He emphasized power. Now, he did communicate that, listen, this is what's going to happen. When I leave, you go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, right? Baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he'll say that you'll, you'll, you'll uh, cast out devil. You'll, if you pick up a servant, serpent, you know, or drink any deadly poison, you know, you, it won't hurt you. But then he'll say, you'll speak in new tongues. Now, known languages in the earth is not new tongues. Right. Me speaking fluently in Spanish right now is not a new tongue. Hallelujah. No we will speak in the language of the kingdom. A heavenly tongue that our mind is unfruitful in, but our spirit. I said his spirit's talking to our spirit, and he's praying out the perfect will of God. Man, but so too often we focus on that instead of the power that comes. That's what we need to focus on. Because Peter, when he went by the gate, beautiful, he didn't say, hey, beggar, silver and gold, I have none, but listen to this heavenly language I have. He says, silver and gold, I have none. That just meant he, I don't have it on me because he wasn't broke. But he says, but what I do have, and what did he have? He was there on the day of Pentecost. He was there when the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room. He was there when the power hit him. It was in him. He knew it. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. What Jesus did, I'll do. He said, I could do it. I know I have it. Now I can do it. He said, what I have, I give to you. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And he did. Yeah. Hallelujah. I said he did. Yeah. But you got to know you have power, not just a language. Too often we just think we have a language. We got more than a language. We have power. Yeah. For God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Glory to God. Yeah. Whoo. We're not barely getting along in this life. We're more than conquerors. Yeah. We're not more than conquerors from the grave. We're more than conquerors now. We rule and reign in this life. If you'll learn who you are in Christ. Most just want the Jesus that gets them to heaven. But Jesus is crying over those people saying, my gosh, it's not about getting you up here. It's about getting me down there. When you leave your earth suit, you'll be with me, but I need you on assignment down there. If Jesus wanted you there, then why did he say pray this way? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, your will be on No, oh, why does he want it done on earth? Why don't he just pull you on out the minute you get born again? Why is he praying in John chapter 17? Father, I'm sending them into the world as you sent me into the world. Well, how in the world did the Father send Jesus? He sure didn't send him till he got baptized by John and the Holy Ghost fell upon him. Then he went preaching. You won't find him preaching till the Holy Ghost came upon The Son of God who knew no sin. Jesus hadn't sinned up to that point. Jesus didn't know any sin. He didn't need the Holy Ghost to keep him out of sin. He was already living sinless. He needed the Holy Ghost for the power to be able to hear what the Father was saying in heaven so that I don't do my own will but what he tells me to do. I don't seek my own will or my own initial. I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father does. And I've gone a different way I've never gone before, and that is when I was up in glory, I did it all, but now I've emptied myself, put myself in a skin suit. I'm just like man, and I need the Holy Ghost to hear daddy. Yeah. Hallelujah. And when he was full of the spirit, the first place he went was to the wilderness and told the devil about himself and said, there's a new sheriff in town and you're going to try to deceive me to take what I'm going to get when I go down on the cross. I get down in the grave. I'll take death, hell, uh, uh, take the keys to death, hell, and the grave and then I'll raise back up, take my blood personally, pour it out on the mercy seat in heaven and then I'll cause every human being that calls on my name to act like I do in the planet. So he said, Lord, the way you sent me, I'm sending them. And he says, I'm asking you not to take them out of the world, but to protect them from the evil one. And how does he protect, how has Jesus and the Father protected us from the evil one? He gave us the Holy Ghost. He gave us the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has never lost a battle to the devil. Your mind has. Your flesh has. Your mind has. Oh, you know, the devil's just beating me up. Well, if you're a child of God, he's not, but he's beating up the one that's allowing, which is your brain. Oh, it's hard. Quit thinking like that. Who's in you? The creator of heaven and earth's on the inside of you. My gosh, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. How in the world could you think the devil could destroy you, whip you, beat you, put you down? You're made in the DNA of God. Your spirit man is now in the creation of Christ. You're God class. Come on, say, I'm a God class. You're God class. You're sons and daughters of God. Now, woo! glory to God. Amen, maybe there's a stronger anointing over on this side of the sanctuary, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we just need to preach on this side a little bit more. I don't know, we'll see what happens Sunday. Amen. So listen, we're keeping our why meaning we're keeping ourselves in view that we don't have any undistracted or anything within our vision that that um, is an obstacle. Or I'm trying to think of the word obscures our vision. Too often we allow the busyness of life, the cares of life, all these things. We run up into church, we run out of church, we run into our Bible, run out. We have no real clarity of what God's doing at all. Because we fill it with so much stuff. He's saying, hey, get some distance, man. Get yourself out there and get to clear picture what's going on. Because the presence and the anointed God's on the move. And don't think you know what it's all about because he's doing a new thing. He's taking you a place you've never been before. Are you with me? Then he goes on and says, consecrate yourself. Pastor Mike talked about this, but that just literally means cut off the flesh. And draw near to God. Do you understand? God went after you when you were separated. When you didn't know who God was. When you were running from God, you didn't even want God. But God showed up on your doorstep. Showed up through a person. Showed up through a gift. Showed up through some prayer. Showed up to communicate to you, you need Jesus. He ran you down. He was running you down. He was going after you. But the minute you said, here I am, Lord. I'll accept Jesus. He said, now you come follow me. He said, said, come what? He don't run you down now. Oh, I'm preaching. No no matter how far you get, child of God, God will come get you. God will stand at his door and say, come home. Child of God, you want to stay out there in the bar? You want to stay out there in the club? You want to stay out there in sin? You can. I can't make you, but I'm saying, come home. Come follow me. The Bible says, draw near to God. Oh, now you're drawing near. Well, let's meet halfway. See, when the prodigal son came back to the house, he didn't go visit the prodigal son at, at, at the bar. He didn't visit the prodigal son at his parties. He didn't visit the prodigal son in all of his adventures. He sure didn't visit him when he got down and out and needed a job, didn't send him any money. Ha- son, I hear you down, and I just want you to know I love you, and so I'm going to send you an offering And because you want you to know mama cares. No, he said, he's out there. I'm praying for him. He's got to come back. He knows where I'm at. I ain't left. He didn't go show up when he was in pig slop. But then son finally realized, my gosh, I'm in pig slop. If you quit running after your kids and let them smell the stench they're in, maybe they'll come home finally. This stinks. Now that I think about it, Dale's a pretty good guy. You know, maybe I'm an idiot. This is kind of silly. Maybe my way's not the best way. Uh, I think I'm gonna go home. Now, I'm not worthy to go home because I've done wrong. And so I'm going to go home and ask Dad to forgive me. Well, Dad wasn't, wasn't thinking about whether he was worthy. He just needed to know was he in humility and was in repentance of the life he was living. And so when Dad was there praying for him, you know where he was at the house. Praying for his son. I believe he's coming home. Lord, heads of protection around the best you can. I hope he gets things right, because if he's gonna be right, he's gotta come back. Then all of a sudden, look up on the hill, and he's seen that figure before, why? Because he knows you. He knows that when you really begin to worship, he knows that when you really begin to sow in faith, he knows that when you really are coming back around and you've humbled yourself and say, Dad, I blew it. I blew it, Dad. I didn't do right, Dad. I didn't do right, Dad. He knows it. And when he sees that, he don't wait for you to come to the door. He'll come meet you. While you draw near to him, he'll come draw near to you. And when he shows up and he hears you say, Dad, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And then, Dad, I'm really not worthy. He shuts down the unworthy talk, and he says, hey, put on the robe, son. Put on this robe of righteousness right here, son. Son, put on this robe right here. Here, see this ring right here? Put the authority back. Son, you got the authority. Come on back to the house, son. We throwing at a party. Why? Because you were lost in your own mind, but now you got your mind right, and you've shown back up, and everything that I have is still yours. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God wants to do something great in your life. Amen. He's raising up a church to do something. And when we consecrate ourselves, cut off the flesh, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you because the greater one's on the inside of you, then the Lord will do wonders among you. I'm telling you, God wants to do wonders among you. God wants to do wonders among you. I said God wants to do wonders among you. Kenneth E. Hagin, who's gone on to be with the Lord in 2003 of September, Had a particular word concerning the move of God in the last days. He spoke this word in 1980. And I don't have time to read it all. I'm not going to read it all, but there's this one particular, there's a couple paragraphs here, some excerpts that I do want to read because I want you to understand where we're at as Anchor Faith Church. And if you're a first-time guest, good news is you're coming in on this. Now, with that being said, when you come in on it, what's happening here, you're going to be able to draw from it from where you're at. From where you're at. Because God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh, but when it comes on all flesh, it's where you're at. I said it's where you're at. So wherever you're at, If there's something he comes upon you and begins to say, "Woo, we're going to take care of that. We take that off. We'll do this. Maybe he's never talked to you about that before, but he's taking you somewhere you've never been before. Lord, you ain't never talked to me about that attitude. You never talked to me about doing that particular action. You've never talked to me. And he says, well, I'm taking you somewhere you've never been before, and it can't go with you. Are you with me? I'm taking you somewhere. But he said this. He says, and so in these days there shall come a mighty manifestation of the Spirit. And the work that God intended should be done in the last day, in these last days shall be accomplished. For the time is short and things must be speeded up. And you'll learn much faster spiritual things than those of yesteryear. Do you believe that there's a time that if you'll submit yourself to the will of God and the word of God, that God can grow you quicker than those of yesteryear? I believe that because God's going to need all hands on deck and get you supernatural training. But it only comes with the same thing, pass the test, Doer of the word. I hear it's what he said. I get into action as contrary. I'm going to do his word. Pass the test. Next t- training. If you don't pass the test, you're still stuck there. Are you with me? And you'll develop much faster. And it will be said of some that they ju- virtually matured overnight. Man, that's good news. You ought to grab hold of that. Say it's not going to take me as long as everybody else to grow up. It's not going to take me as long. I can grow up. I can grow up quicker. Man, I want to look out at you and say, my gosh, man, it didn't take them as long to do what I did and what I did in the time I did it. It, They got faster. That's good news because we're advancing the kingdom. It's not competition. It's about advancing him. He goes on and says it this way. It says, um, and they shall go forth To speak in the name of the Lord because they understood the principles of faith. They'll understand the principles of the kingdom. And they'll understand the laws of God. And they'll operate and minister in that area. What area? Those who understood faith. Those who are understanding the principles of the kingdom. And man, are you learning the principles of the kingdom right here in this house. Now, this is significant because if you knew Brother Hagan, Kenneth e. Hagan, you knew that God told him a long time ago, back in the 40s, he said, you go teach my people faith. Yet the man who was to go tell people faith and had the assignment to teach people faith got a word in 1980 that faith would be an understood principle and that another principle would be in the process of teaching called the kingdom. I said called the kingdom. And the kingdom has laws. Now, I'm not talking about the Ten Commandment laws or the 618 law. I'm talking about just the voice of God because where the word of the king is, there's... There's power. It's about obeying God's word because you understood faith. What is faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. When you hear the word of God, then faith is conceived. But you're not in faith until you believe those things that be not as though they were. Because now faith is the sums of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, we're in this principle of understanding faith because God's already given us them all yet it hasn't actually physically materialized where Anchor Faith Church's name is on it, but it shall come to pass because God's already decreed it. So we walk by faith, we sow by faith, we believe by faith, we confess by faith because we understand we heard God, we say it, that's it. That's why you and I both get on this property and say, thank you, Lord, for 2121 U.S. 1 South. That's why I see some of you walking around the mall Some of you on a daily basis calling it in because we're not taking it by ourselves. I'm not taking this mall without you. Moses didn't say, Forget y'all, I'm going into the promised land without you. He didn't do it. The assignment was take my people. Are you with me? So not only will they have understood the principles of faith, the, uh, understand the principles of the kingdom, and understand the laws of God, they'll operate, minister in that area, and look what it says. And nothing will be hid from them. So if you'll understand faith and, and keep the teachings of faith in front of you, and you'll begin to understand the principles of the kingdom and the, the laws of God, then nothing's going to be hid from you. Amen. Amen. Nothing. And you'll, you'll have to operate in that area. Operate means you're doing it. Not, oh, I hear the kingdom. God, do some. Don't hide nothing from me. The Lord's like, nothing's hidden. Come seek the kingdom of God, and I'll show it to you. Yeah. Seek, and you'll knock in the door. Ask, and you'll But you have to do it. Let's go on. It says, um, and um, though there are some, right, let me skip down, because uh, he talks about some that slipped away from it. He goes and says this, And the manifestation shall come, and the glory of God shall rest upon it and rest upon thee, and his glory shall be seen around about, and the cloud of God will come and fill the house. And, yea, it will seem as though the whole building is filled with smoke because you see. And we're not talking about fake smoke. We're talking about real glory. The glory of God shall be in manifestation and great, great shall be the noise thereof and praise and adoration and shall go up from the people. Now get this. And it shall be a noise abroad and men from afar shall hear it and men from afar shall hear of it and men from afar shall come to behold it for the Lord shall be a manifestation in those days in all the ways that he ever manifested himself both in the old covenant and in the new covenant plus the multiplying of the Spirit in the power of God in those days. Wow. The multiplying of the Spirit. See, the latter house is going to be greater than the... The latter reigns greater than the... Are you with me? It said, for men... As men grow more wicked and more wicked, and as Satan, because he knows his time is short and all his cohorts and the evil spirits go about as never before to devour, so the power of God, the glory of God, shall be increased and shall be multiplied, and it shall flow like a mighty river, flow like a mighty river, yea, the Spirit of God will flow like a mighty river, and many, not only hundreds, not only thousands, but millions will be swept into the flow of that river, and shall flow forth in praise and glory, it's already happened. He said, where are millions? China. When I was in Vancouver talking with uh, Gary Crow, he said, millions have already come in. Millions have already come in. Now, that sounds impressive because, you know, to us, millions still a lot. But in China, there's 1.4 billion people. So we're talking 0.01% of China has come in. 0.01% have come in. When we look at it that way, that's not very impressive. There's still so much to do. Are you with me? Yes. But notice, they'll come from afar. Things will take place because only because they'll come to the ones. This thing will flow like a river only for the church houses that are pre, have preached the principles of faith, preaching the principles of the kingdom and the principles of the law of God. Now, when I say law, don't think Old Covenant. We are in a law right now. It's called the law of spirit and life. See, the law uh, of death is done away, but we're in the law of love right now. You say love's a law? You bet, you're Jesus. Read it for yourself in John chapter 15, verse 12. He said, a new commandment I give you. New commandment, not a suggestion. Now, when you feel like an Eloise, I I highly admonish you to love one another. No, he said, I command you to love as I loved you. Now, how did Jesus love us? While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Which means love them whether they deserve it or not. Just love. And when you love, love like I love. Because sometimes my love is not well. With what's going down. The love of God turned tables over in a house of religious people. And that was love. If Jesus demonstrated that love in some places today, they would deny Jesus. Because he's cotton candy, he's soft. You know, oh, guys, it's okay. No, he's not well with sin. He does not rejoice in unrighteousness. He's not in the corner of a bar laughing, being relevant. Oh, I'm preaching now, okay. So he goes on and says that it flow like a mighty river. It says, for the glory, for the glory... Of the Lord is in manifestation; the glory will be seen on the face of the saints. The glory of God will shine forth, and men will walk into a place of business, and people will fall on their knees and cry out to God, though be said nothing. And women will walk into a place of business, and people will fall on their knees and cry out to God, though she open not her mouth. For the glory of God will shine through. Yea, the glory of God will shine through. Yea, the glory of God will shine through. For the manifestation of His power and the manifestation of His glory is reserved until this hour. And you want to know why you feel pressure. Because God wants to get glory out of you. And it could be said, be told, if it could be told in a way that you could see, even if the eyes of your spirit could be, could display at this very moment before you in a tangible form that you could see with your physical eye, it would be very difficult for you to believe. That which shall shortly come to pass. It would be very difficult for you to accept it. But as you, as you, Conditional statement. But as you walk with the Lord, as you prepare your heart, as you feed upon his word, as you listen to what the spirit of God says, your heart shall be prepared and your mind will be changed until you flow in the supernatural as naturally as a bird flies through the air. And you'll flow in the supernatural as natural as you breathe the very air. As a fish, excuse me, as a fish will swim in the water. And you'll flow in the supernatural as naturally as you breathe the very air. You'll not be conscious of your faith. You'll not be conscious of what's going on around you, but rather you'll be conscious of the flow of the Spirit of God, and he will manifest himself, and he will accomplish that which he desires. The last Sunday... Of April, which was the fourth Sunday in April, we had water baptism. But prior to that service, the Wednesday night prior, Pastor Marcy was ministering the elementary principles. And somewhere, whether it was the transition of worship, in the transition of worship, she sensed in her spirit that the Holy Ghost was tangibly present for refreshing. I had one person come to me and testify that the Holy Ghost came upon them so strong because they needed it that they fought to stay up. Fought to stay up. Sunday, we minister the Word of God And we had water baptism. Three people came to be baptized, and I give the call like I always do for people to come if they want to come, and all of a sudden, someone ran out and came. And the person came. Obviously, they had a shirt, a female. She had a short skirt, so obviously coming up the ladder, you know, that's you do everything you can to keep yourself. And so she did. But on the way down, you know, in, she was very slow. Now, my mom was thinking, well, you know, obviously, she's being conscientious of her Skirt, and all of our ushers want to be that as well, you understand. Safeguard her. Got her down in there, said, you hold your dress, and I'll take care of you know putting you down and bringing you up. Said, have you confessed Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? She said, yes. I said, according to your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptized her, brought her up, stood her up, got her to the thing, and it took her longer to get up the ladder. Then I saw another person looking at her. And I was looking at the facial expression of the person who was looking at her. And I thought to myself, what's going on? Something's happening. So I started checking my spirit that this isn't natural. Something's happening. They got up to the top, finally got to the bottom. And then all of a sudden, what was on her flew, came through the water and hit me. And the Spirit of God came on me so strong and I got a glimpse of another time where the Holy Ghost fell at a different time in our state all the way across the panhandle at another church on Father's Day. And because of that fall, they went into revival for a couple years of which a year and a half, I think it was 18 months after the initial outpouring of the Spirit in that church, my wife and I went with another couple up there to see it and we had to stand outside for four hours just to get in. Church. Wow. It just happened to be a baptism service. They preached a message on salvation. It was good, and they had this song that came up by the Spirit that they had wrote and said, come running. Come running to the altar. And when he said, I'm going to count to three, and i to count to three, I want you to get up from your seat if you're not right with God, and you run down here, and he go, one, two, three. And, man, they jumped and ran to the altars. I'm like, wow. But that was nothing compared to the baptism. The baptisms came, the people that had gotten born again at that particular revival, they would bring them down, baptize them, and before they could pull them up, they'd go out in the spirit. That they had to pick them up and carry them out. And I got all that in that quick of a moment. And I shared it with you if you were here in that service. And at that moment, I was there. When I looked back at the ladder, I know if I let go and go to the ladder, I won't make it. Now, it's one thing to fall out here. It's another thing to fall in water. (laughs) Amen? Because one of two things is going to happen. God's going to let me swim like a fish until the ushers realize he ain't coming up. (laughs) Right? But I I was... Working in the anointing, made it to the ladder, had to hold myself there, got to the top, got to the bottom, had to hold myself there. Then I was escorted. I was numb all the way up the stairs. And the one who helped me up, the anointing fell on them. And I knew then something's happened. And I've been asking, what is this, Lord? I went later to talk to the individual that I saw something going on when they were watching the girl come out and I said, what is it? And they said this, the spirit of God fell on me so hard that I was fighting to keep myself from falling down on all that wet floor. And I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, everybody wants my move, but when I come, they don't always yield all the way. I have been in meetings with this man by the name of Brother, the, Brother, uh, Brother Hagen Kenneth E. Hagen, where he would have, and the anointing would be him so strong that he would begin to walk by a place, and people would fall under the anointed power of God. Now, falling under the anointing don't change you. That doesn't change you. Now, it can heal your body pretty fast, and he can then talk to you while you're under the power of the Spirit. The most significant thing we can ever have in life is knowing the word of God by revelation knowledge and acting on it. Falling out under the spirit doesn't make us spiritual. But the God wants to move in certain ways that his power so much that you need to yield. And so I took my staff and I said, listen, God's moving. And so I'm gonna tell you this part. I won't tell you everything I told the staff, but I will tell you this part. When God moves, don't resist. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians, I believe, chapter 5, verse 18, it says, do not quench the spirit. Anybody got a lighter on? Anybody got a lighter on their person, like a lighter? Okay. Now, don't be saying, well, why does he have a lighter? He has candles, man. Jeez. My wife carries a lighter. It's just this long like a torch. The Bible says don't quench the spirit. You can't quench something until it comes on. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Am I quenching anything? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> okay. So when the Holy Ghost begins to come upon you, come on. Good. you. instead of staying up, yeah. Yeah. Good. Come on. just let... W- what would happen... If all of a sudden the Holy Ghost started getting on you and you just went ahead and yielded and say, I don't care what happens, could it be that it just fall off you and start tumbling? Have you ever seen a domino before? I've been in meetings, man, where the anointing, because, man, you get around a bunch of pastors that are hungry for God, been pouring out their life. I mean, when I go to camp meeting, I'm drawing on the anointing of Pastor Hagen. I get around pastors that love the Holy Ghost, that love the outpouring of the Spirit, that love the refreshing, that like to get around their companions where the oil of gladness can show up. I get around them, and we start drawing on the anointing. We start pulling the anointing out of the man of God. We start dry, pulling that Spirit, and all of a sudden, that Holy Ghost will come, and it can hit one of us, and you fall out. Next thing you know, it's like a domino effect, and the Spirit of God just starts tumbling down. What did the Bible say, man? Let your cup run over, and when your cup runs over, it's gonna flow over into somebody else. But the problem is, is he starts pouring in your cup and you start going, oh no, oh no, it's about to go over, and you get out from underneath the flow. I don't want God to say, let me find another church that will yield. The Holy Ghost is never controlling. The Holy Ghost never controls us. We must yield to him. You're not born again because God controlled you. I said, no, you're going to get right. That's what you're going to do because I ain't going to let you go to hell. No, I ain't. No, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. Now, open your mouth. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave. Good. Now, I'm in you. Now, we right? No, he doesn't do that. He says, come on. Take me come on, here I am, I'm, I'm right here, I'm right here, all you gotta do is say it, all you gotta do is say it, I ain't saying that, all you gotta do is say it, I'm right, I love you, man, don't go down this road, I don't go down this road, I'm following you, that's right, I'm coming after you, because I love you, don't go down this road, and you can just go on down that road, I Say, well, I'll have to catch up with him later, there come one day that you keep resisting, he'll say, well, he just don't want me. And then you wake up one day and you realize I'm in hell and it's hot and hurt and I'm burning and I'm on fire and man, this is bad. Then he brings you up to heaven and says, you could have had this. But now I'm judging you at the great white throne judgment. Your name's not in the Lamb's book of life but let me show you how many times it could have been. It's a sad day. And he says, now depart from me. I never knew you. And he cast you into the lake of fire which is the second death never designed for you but only for the devil and his angels. (sighs) See, when it comes on, You got to let it go. You got to let it ignite. Whatever it is, you got to yield to it. Don't become so religiously, "Mm, I just, I'm putting carpet down here for you. It ain't thick. Our ushers are quick. Let me tell you, you go under the power of God, you're going to be all right. You know? There's nothing wrong with people being here to help you and assist you so that you can yield because a lot of times people don't trust God enough and don't yield and sometimes it helps people yield. I mean, how many times you ever help someone get born again? You hear people, well, if it's really God, they don't have to have no catchers, they just let it go. Well, fine, if it's really God, then he can talk to them by themselves. No, he sent me. Let me help you. You need Jesus. That's helping. Are you with me? You know what you want to receive from God? Come on up right here. We got people right here that's praying behind you. That's pulling that anointing down to come through you so you get everything God needs for you to have. Well, you know, that guy behind me, he seems kind of small. I don't think he can catch me. What's wrong with you? David was just a boy and killed a lion and a bear. He anoint your catcher and go, where are you at? He'd be like, I thought they were heavier than that. That's just one hand. Trust the anointing on the one that's with you. Got your spot. Right? Well, they just, I don't think, no, go. But if you ain't going back, go for it. I don't care what you do, just yield. Yield what God says. When he yields to you to talk to you and say, begin to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. If he wants to put his power on you so the anointing will fall down on you, let the anointing fall. Whatever it is, let's don't let the move of God pass us by be undignified enough to let him have an expression in us it's time to rise up in them and be the men and women of God I have to check myself will because <sighs> I know three people and I'm one of them that held on And I have to ask the question now, but my God's a gracious God, and He taught me. And I said, Dad, you do it again, I'm down. I won't stand up, I'll just yield. There's been many times I've been in places where Pastor Hagin's laid hands on me or someone else, and I'm wondering, like, apostle uh, uh, scales. God had given me a word on our our past Kingdom Rise conference that I laid hands on every speaker but him because he was supposed to lay hands on me because of the anointing on his life to be transferred to my life through the laying on of hands. And he said, when I said that to him, he said, God spoke to me today and said, I would lay hands on somebody, and you are the one. Now, when he did, I could have just stood there. But I I sensed it. I sensed the anointing hit me from the top of my head, begin to go down. I just like, I take it all. And when I yielded myself, then I just allowed myself to take it. Now, again, maybe you don't fall. Doesn't mean that you always have to fall. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if you're going, Go. That's all I'm saying. If you got this in your mind, I'm not going to fall. Well, then guess what? You're not yielding. But if you're like, Lord, whatever. Now, if he comes on you and you're not getting so drunk in the Holy Ghost that you can't stand up, great. Stay standing, receive that what he gave you and go to the next thing. Nobody's going to say, well, they didn't fall down so they must not have got it. We're not saying that. But what I am saying is there's too many. Come on. Can I get it? How many? I've had it. Anybody else can say, I've had it, Lord, and I didn't. Stand up if you said, Pastor, I've had it and I didn't go. Seriously. I'm not, I'm not calling you out to embarrass. I'm, I'm just saying, look at how bad God's moving and desires to move among us. Golly, guys. We're sitting here crying, we praying 24-hour prayers and fasting, asking for the move of God, making a demand on the move of God, and he's moved on every one of us. And we've allowed it to a level, but to the level no one knows. Instead of taking it to the level that somebody knows, God must be doing something. The Bible says all who are thirsty come to me and drink. When the Spirit of God starts moving like that, it creates a spiritual thirst, a spiritual hunger that somebody else would be like, I don't know what they got, but I want it. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost say, here I am, bam. You laid out laughing. The oil of gladness is all over you. You laughing in the Spirit, uncontrolled, but it does good like a medicine and it's healing your body. Some of your healings are one good Holy Ghost laughed away that would have been there had you yielded. But you know as well as I do, what are we hearing? What are people going to think? What are they going to think about me? And God's saying, I'm moving I'm moving. I believe if we who have been together for a while and know what to do, will do, then those that don't even know what this is, don't worry. Your pastor will give the instruction. Unless I'm out in the power of the Spirit, then he'll raise up someone else to give the conversation. Isn't that what Peter did? Everybody has gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody's speaking in other tongues. Peter's been filled with the Holy Ghost the day of Pentecost. And then he steps out, and everybody's like, What in the world's going on? What's, what's happening with these people? What's going down with this thing? And Peter stands up and says, They are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. That he would pour out his spirit. He let them know. They're like, what can we do? What did they say? What can we do to have what you have? He says, repent. And be baptized in the Spirit. And the Bible says 3,000 came in to the kingdom that day. Which gives me this indication, all 3,000 not only got born again, but got the promise of the Father, and all of them began to speak in an unknown tongue. They were all in due with power that day because they yielded.